Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. On Wednesday night, there's something special and unique about Wednesday nights. You just kind of hear and what you see is what you get. I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but on Sunday mornings, I have about 20 or 30 minutes to get my hair ready. I can tie my tie four or five times till I get it just right. And sometimes I try on two or three different suits. C- come on, men. Now, the ladies ain't the only ones that swap outfits. But on Wednesday nights, you're just excited to be here, coming off a day of work, and I'm thankful that we have a time and a place that we can gather in the house of the Lord and magnify and worship his name. So thankful to be here this evening. If you would go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 37. We're going to be reading from there, and you can stand for the reading of the word. Thank you. We're also going to draw our attention this evening to the book of Isaiah, chapter 42. Remember our pastor while he's traveling this evening. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Good to see my friend Jason DeBose. Good to see you here. Thankful, thankful for God and his mercy. While you're finding that scripture, I would ask that you would be in prayer for our Crossroads ministry team. Uh, Sunday at 1.30, we are, we'll be embarking on a new adventure we're going to be having a service at Swanee CI, and uh, we've got a team of men going up there and ask that you please keep them in your prayers. New ground, new territory, but I know that the Lord hasn't brought us this far without it being ordained by him. The book of Psalms, chapter 37 and 24, the Bible says this, though he fall, he shall not utterly He shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And if you'll go with me to the book of Isaiah 42 and 6, or either read along on the screen. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. And will hold thine hand. Everybody say, hold thine hand. And will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light unto the Gentiles. Father, I love you. I'm so thankful for the spirit of the Holy Ghost that I feel in this place. I'm thankful that you've given us the opportunity to draw together into this place and to praise and worship and magnify your holy and righteous name. 
And Father, as we begin to take a journey through this word, your anointed word, I'm just asking that that same anointing become to our minds and our hearts and that you help us to receive what you would speak in our lives today. And we're thankful and we give honor and praise in the holy name of Jesus. And the whole house said amen. Before you're seated, turn to your neighbor, shake their hand and tell them how good it is to see them in the house of the Lord this evening. Praise the Lord. In our society, the involvement or the act that we all just participated in is to be considered a a greeting or a handshake. However, it is simply a type of hand-holding. In our society, we have many types of hand-holdings. And our culture creates um, a different symbolism for each one. There's many ways that you can grasp the hand of another person and it have a different meaning. If I was to take the wife of my hand or the hand of my wife or you were to see us traveling down the street holding hands, the first thing that would come to your mind would be sweet, love, romance. That's a much better illustration than Sunday was, wasn't it? (laughs) I love to see the children at the conclusion of our service. They're running and they're playing and jumping up and down. But when they first begin and they're unsteady and they're just learning how to walk, I enjoy seeing a father. In our case, we have some grandfathers that, that stick that finger out. And that child takes hold of that finger. And to that child, that particular handshake presents to them stability. It, it stabilizes them and it helps them guide and make their way. Sometimes that same father or grandfather or, or perhaps even a mother has to take that same hand that provides that same strength and stability and they have to bring correctiveness to that child. Sometimes it's not uncommon. Uh, for a child to be carried outside of church and when they become unruly or, or loud. And today it's done and you, you hardly ever even know it takes place. A parent can whisk a child up and it's gone out before you even know it. Nobody ever seen nothing. I can remember in this white building vaguely. I'd sit on the front row as a child and the Holy Ghost would be moving people, shouting, tearing the place down. My dad played a bass right there. He could be in the middle of a shout. And if I'd done something wrong, that corrective hand would grasp me and to the back we would go. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I, I'm, it seems like from the front pew to the rear door, my feet only touched two or three times before I got to the back. But my point is that we have all held hands of another, whether it be a loved one, a spouse, a, a child, uh, we've held hands in in prayer. But there's something special about holding someone's hand that creates a a unique emotion. It it brings strength sometimes. Sometimes it brings, as I've said, stability. It holds many different meanings. If you, for instance, the nurse who takes the face of a 
small boy who is seeing his mother in pain, perhaps entering into a hospital room, and that nurse will will guard that child and hold that child's face to hers so that he can't see. We, we, uh, we associate that with sensitivity. Maybe a construction worker or construction workers working together, hands together, and we, we associate that with, with strength. And perhaps a pastor that stands with a family that's faced a tragedy or a crisis, and, and we, can, we can accompany that with sympathy. And a mom takes her son to the first day of school, and as they approach the classroom, the child begins to cry, and that mother gives that reassuring hand to that child, promising that he'll return. How many of you remember your first day of school? Remember your first day of school? I remember my first day of school like it was yesterday. I was, a, I was and am still today a mama's boy. In my whole childhood, I had never really been separated from my mother. And I can remember going to that class, weeping, sobbing, begging her. And, and perhaps she was crying. I don't remember. If she Was you crying, Mama? You was crying. <laughs> but I had a fear that my mother would never be back. And I needed to know that that hand was going to be there, to, returning to me, coming back to me. She missed me so much, she went and got a bus driving job, and that enabled us to be together for three more hours during that day. (laughs) A husband standing at the bed of his wife who faces an illness. We see love and we see compassion. At a wedding, a father takes the hand of his daughter and he places it in a groom. And thus gives her away. And we see confidence. But there are times in this race called life, however, that you and I need more than a physical hand. We need more than just the touch of a loved one. We need more than that human touch. No, mo- no mother, no father, no friend, nothing can bring that comfort and peace like the touch of God. And that's what I want to to you on just for a few minutes this evening a hand holding God in our text David explains the nature of the relationship of the child of God with God the overall intent of this particular psalm is to underscore the security of our fate in his hands we were reminded not to be envious of the unrighteous or to be doubtful of our own security because of the apparent success of the unrighteous. We are secure with God. I'll say it again, ladies and gentlemen. We are secure with God. My worst day, my worst day living for him far outweighs the days that I've spent in this world. The righteous, claims David, they will never be abandoned in the course of his entire life. He claims that he has never seen Never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. Now we're talking about King David. We're talking about the ruler of nations. He's traveled from Dan to Beersheba. He's been to festivals and he's been all over the place and he's seen a multitude of people. And he states that he's never, ever seen the righteous forsaken. He's never seen their children begging for bread. 
God, God will keep us. He will not let us be destroyed. And he'll either help us climb up with our faith or God is there to pick us up. There are immeasurable, immeasurable blessings that come with merely holding to the hand of God. In this difficult world, this ever-changing world, it is a blessing to know that God never changes. I don't know what I'd do today without, without God in my life. His way of dealing with me is, is constant. It's steady. He, he's not here today and he's not gone tomorrow, but he's, he's by my side constantly with me. The Bible is filled with reassurances that God will, God will be with us always until the end. When Israel prepared to go into unknown territory, Moses reminded them in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31, he said, Be strong and of good courage and fear not nor be afraid of them for the Lord thy God, he it is that doeth go with thee and he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Then we was reminded in Hebrews, he said, I'll never leave thee and I'll never forsake thee. This is a reassurance that whatever situation that may arise, God will always, he has been and he will continue to be by our side holding our hand. And God's hands were safe. God's hands were secure. He's he's not going to walk out and leave us hanging. He will not abandon us and he will be there for us regardless of the situation and regardless of the circumstance that we face because he's passionate and God is sensitive He understands the burden that we bear and God feels how we feel on the inside. He he really, really understands us and there are times when people around us can't understand our feelings and they can't understand what we're going through but God knows and he he sympathizes with us. Others may doubt but, but God never doubts us. He's got faith and he's got confidence in us and because he knows He helps us carry that load that sometimes grows heavy because he knows he's he's there sometimes to make that burden lighter. That's why he said in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's compassion. He continues that if we take his yoke upon us, that our burdens will be light. And that's a sign that he knows us and he knows all about us because he cares. That's... That's what compassion means. It's caring. I'm thankful for the examples and the stories that we have in the New Testament of the life of Jesus and his ministry that he had here on earth. We can read from Matthew to Mark, Luke, and John and throughout where Jesus walked the face of the earth healing the lame, touching the blind eye, raising the dead. And I'm not discounting the miracles that Jesus did. He he was a miracle man But the real reason Jesus performed the miracles was not to see someone walk or not to see the blind eye open. The reason why Jesus walked this earth and performed his miracles is because he had compassion. He loved people. He loved people. And if we're going to ever be the church that God has called us to be, we're going to have to pull the labels off of people that we place on them when they come through these doors. We've got to have compassion and we've got to love people unconditionally because it's the love of of the church and it's the love of God that's going to help someone in this untoward generation. We, We hold to his hand and he holds to our hand because he cares about each and every individual personally. And he's strong enough to hold everyone up because he's a powerful God. And because he is powerful, we hold 
to that hand of stability in our lives. The, the sense of security we derive from holding on to a powerful hand comes from the fact that God himself is a pillar of strength. Sometimes we ask God, just how strong are you? Isaiah feebly attempted in chapter 40 to describe the strength of God. He painted a picture so big and so powerful that all the nations in the world but from a single drop in the bucket could compare to his strength. He asked, can we compare God to anything? The God who spreads out the skies like a blanket and holds the world in his hands like dust. Can we compare anything to God who sits on his throne watching over men that appear like grasshoppers. And that's why we have to ask ourselves when we, when we face a situation or we face a problem, everything that he's done, can he not help me? Can he not fix my problem? There is no strength greater than the strength of the Lord. Nothing can compare. The poet said he batted his eyes and the lightning flashed. He clapped his hands and the thunder rolled. He waved his hands and the waters came down. His footsteps hollowed the valleys out and bulged the mountains up. What does all this mean? Whatever problem I have, whether it is sickness or finance or relationship, whatever we face, God's strong enough. Nothing, nothing in our life takes God by surprise. He knows every minute, every hour of every day. That's what Jeremiah meant when he said, Lord God, behold, you've made the heavens and the earth by your power and your outstretched arm, and there is nothing too hard for you. There's nothing too hard for God. In an answer to that same statement, Isaiah said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. That's why everyone, everyone in this house this evening, in these last days as the enemy roars against us, we've got to purpose in our heart in our mind to do everything we can, work like we've never worked before, to keep our hand in the Master's hand. Even in difficult times, we've got to learn to wait on His deliverance and not give up because He can and will take care of us. God is always, though sometimes we may think that He's far away, He's always protecting us. He uses His power. Security is a concern of every person in this room. We have security now in our airports and there's security in train stations and uh, we have security now even in schools and security systems are becoming very popular in our homes uh, through computer and cell phone technology. Some people's security is number two buckshot but God's security never, never leaves us or never fades us and it's, it's wonderful to rely on these systems that we have in place today, these security systems. But I don't want to get so dependent on the secureness of this world that I forget where my real security lies. And my real security lies in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Isaiah said in 41, 10 and 13, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee, here we go again, with the right hand of my righteousness. If we can remain righteous and if we can remain holy, he's going to hold us up. 
Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded, and they shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Those that have come against us, those that have been picking fights with you, the Lord is promising us here that they're, they're going to perish, and thou shalt seek them and shall not find them. Even them that contended with thee, they war against thee, and they shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a security. There is a security in holding the hand of God. Those, to, those who attempt to harm the children of God, we all like to refer to the scripture of touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And that is, that is concerning the pastor of the church and the ministry of the church. But the anointing of God sits in this whole house. Everyone in this house is anointed and everyone rests under the protection and the security. It's, it's just the simple truth. And that's what the psalmist said in 46 when he said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. In time of trouble, we've got a hold to the unchanging hand of God. And as our musicians come, We've got to learn how to let God hold our hand. We're so quick to take God by the hand and lead him to where we want to go. Have you ever watched someone leading a dog on a leash, a large dog, and when they're done, sometimes they say, I, I was walking the dog. But what I seen was the dog walking the person. Because the dog was strong-willed and strong-minded and he wanted to go where he wanted to go. And don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say this evening, but sometimes we've just got to sit still. Let God take us by the hand and let Him lead. Our praise team sang a song Sunday that said, Lead me, Lord, and I will follow. There are many who fail to do this because they... They don't know how to let God hold their hand. They want to take God's hand when they need it and lead God to some situation that they've created. And that's not the design of his plan. We've got to let him hold our hand. We can't try to hold his hand. See, when God holds our hand, when he's in control, he's guiding. I remember when I began to learn how to write in cursive. And you had the wide lines and the little dot 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 line going through the middle and I try to write and I try to write and I had a teacher that would take my hand and guide that cursive letter and it took some time but she had patience and she didn't give up and she kept guiding and when we allow God to to guide us when we allow him to take control of our lives and guide us along the way, everything in the end will be okay. When God holds our hand, He holds us up. Sometimes we're tempted to let go. Sometimes things are going pretty good, and I don't feel like I need to be holding God's hand right now, but I let go. But the God I serve, He doesn't, he doesn't, left, he doesn't let go. When life gets difficult and tiresome, our hands sometimes tend to grow weary and we, for lack of a better word, we begin to sweat and we start slipping and we lose our grip. 
But when God's holding our hand, he, he doesn't slip. He, he doesn't get weary and weak. And my constant prayer is, Lord, hold my hand while I try to take care of my family. Hold my hand in this raging storm because I can't do this on my own. Hold my hand, Lord, while I try to make sense of the madness that surrounds me. And when He has our hand, He will not let go. I'm reminded of numerous scenes that you'll find in an action uh, movie or an adventure movie. And a lot of times the, the, the main character or the hero of the film is hanging off the edge of the mountain. And there's a savior, there's a rescue, there's a hero. Superman is, is here. And the individual hanging off the mountain is holding on by the end of their fingers. And they, they can't turn loose of, of what they got or they may slip and fall. And that hero reaches down and says, I'll take your hand and I'll pull you up. And with superhuman strength, the hero always seems to come out and win and Peter found himself in this very position, drowning one night, fighting for his life. I read the account and I like to study sometimes out of the Message Bible and I, I turned over to that and I found that it said this in Matthew 14 and 28. Peter suddenly, bold, said, Master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. He said, come ahead. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked to Jesus. But when he looked down at the waves churning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink, and he cried, Master, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. Look what the Scripture says. He reached down and grabbed his hand. Sometimes we face situations in life, and this is, this is Peter who has come upon a storm. He's just heard a fabulous message preached. They've come out of revival and he's following the will of the Lord. The Lord's told him to come. He said, come on, Peter, step out. Full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost, he steps out and finds himself in the middle of something he had no idea he would ever face. If you pay close attention to the Scriptures, sometimes we confuse that Peter reached for Jesus, but that, that's not the case. See, Peter was fighting for his life. Every ounce of energy that he had went into trying to stay afloat. I can only imagine as the, as the waves rolled over his head, and I can only imagine as he was doing everything he could to keep his head up, every now and then maybe catching a glimpse of Jesus and this was Peter. He was about to preach a revival. He was about to preach the Acts 2.38 message. He was destined, destined to do something great for God. But at this point in his life, he's in a storm. He's in a storm and he can't help himself. And I, I can see Jesus, Brother Rayleigh. I can see Jesus as he reaches down and he says, I'll take your hand, Peter. I've got you and I'll take you and I won't let you go. And can I tell you this evening, that there's been times in my life when I've been down. I've been down and I couldn't reach up. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. But, but the hand of God said, hang on, Jerry. 
Hang on, Jerry. I'll take you by the hand. I'll take you by the hand and I'll lift you up. There's times in our spiritual life when we don't know what to pray. We don't know what to say. We can't praise. We can't worship. We're flailing our arms in this storm, trying to stay alive, trying to keep our head above water. And like he always does, the master reaches down and he takes our hand. And he said, I'll I'll lead you. I'll lead you out. When you find yourself falling and you, you can't get up, there's one thing that we can always do, and it sounds so simple, and everybody proclaims it and shouts it from the hilltops. But when you can't say nothing else, if you can utter the name Jesus, if you can utter the name Jesus... There was a little girl and her father were crossing a swinging bridge over a a river. The father was somewhat disturbed and, to be honest, a little bit scared. So he asked his daughter, he said, Sweetheart, I want you to hold my hand so that you don't fall into this river. And the little girl said, No, Daddy, I want you to hold my hand. The father, somewhat puzzled and somewhat taken back, said, well, what's the difference? She said, oh, Daddy, there's a big difference when you hold my hand. You see, if I hold your hand and something happens to me, chances are that I'm going to let go and I'm going to fall. But if you hold my hand, I know for sure that no matter what happens, you'll never let go. He'll never, ever let go. As we stand across this house, the moral of this story, in any relationship, the essence of trust is is not in a bind or being tied together, but the essence of trust. I trust my wife, and my wife trusts me because we're not bound together, but we've got a bond And in every relationship, there has to be a bond. And and everyone in this house tonight, we have a bond with Jesus Christ. and We've been redeemed and we've been purchased by His blood. Even when we don't have the strength to hold on, He can hold on and and He can take us and he He won't let go. Every head bowed and every eye closed across this house. I've done my best to step to this desk tonight. I have no idea what what we may face. I have no idea what situation lies in wait. But I do know this. That if we will just give it to the Lord, and that's easier said than done. If we will just give it to the Lord and let Him take our hand, He can and will guide us. We're going together around the front as we conclude this service. We'll make our way to the altar. And let's worship the Lord and close this service out. And let's make this solemn promise to Him. That even though we may be weary, even though all strength is gone, we're going to keep ourselves pliable in the hand of the potter. So that He may and so that He can 
take us by the hand. Let's worship and sing this song. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.